Bumper-to-bumper traffic, not just on the LIE and Grand Central Parkway. Look at the wildcard races in both the AL and the NL. Red tail lights as far as the eye can see. Looks like heading back from the Hamptons Labor Day weekend just past dinner. Good thing I've got a yacht and a solid gold helicopter. What the Mets have got is yet another missed opportunity to mark the passage of time. A Tuesday on a night when all the contenders lost. The Mets simply followed the flow of traffic. Fill your tank, throw it in a neutral. We've got a podcast to get you through. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. Well, one year ago yesterday, the Wilpons agreed to sell the Mets to Steve Cohen. What is the traditional one-year anniversary gift? I forget. Is it Lucite? I think maybe it's Lucite. What is Lucite? Anyway, happy anniversary to Mr. Cohen. He bought himself an ulcer wrapped in 28 cotton uniforms. It is the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Josh Lewin with you. The Mets lost in extra innings to one of the teams they're chasing. We will get to the gory details. But before we get going, I want to mention the 30 for 30 doc. Uh, Once upon a time in Queens awesome so far. Lots of appearances by Keith Hernandez's cat. Total bonus. Did you know that Keith's cat is 18 years old and going deaf? Just thought I'd share that with you before we crank things up about actual baseball. The documentary ended up being called Once Upon a Time in Queens, but our buddy, the producer, director of the thing, Nick Davis, tells us there were other finalists that were considered. Season of Swagger, Lords of Chaos, Satans of Shea, The Wild Boys, A Comet Over Flushing, The Kings of Queens. So with that knowledge now embedded forever in your brainstem, what would you call a documentary about these 2021 New York Mets? The Drive You Nuts Gang? Tease You Never Please You? 500 or Bust? The Why Do They Do This To Me Every Single Night? The I Still Believe Despite All Empirical Evidence to the Contrary? All of those are solid working titles for whichever documentarian is working on this project. Ken Burns, you up? Anyway, uh, suffice to say, this was a huge game for both the Mets and Cardinals Tuesday night. Both teams tossed onto that wild card pile trying to establish some sort of toehold. This is such a messy pile, though, such a, a Rubik's Cube to be solved. And as we handicap the field these last 16 games or so... San Diego, really difficult remaining schedule. Nine left against the Giants, three against the Dodgers. Uh, Padres lost Blake Snell to a groin issue over the weekend, and they have shut down Chris Paddock. Cincinnati has a far easier road the rest of the way. Nine with the Pirates, four with Washington. But Cincy has really struggled lately. Totally unreliable bullpen. They're awaiting the return of Jesse Winker, who's been out for a month. St. Louis might just pull this off is that second wild card. There are highly scrutinized trade deadline acquisitions. John Lester and Jay Happ have turned their pretty dismal first halves into a nice end of season. They have stabilized a rocky rotation. That team thinks Jack Flaherty is going to pitch again this year, even if it's in a reduced role. They've restructured their rotation, so Wainwright's going to pitch the final regular season game of the year. The Mets need to find that Subway Series offense again, because overall this has been a lackluster performance. It lacks luster. There's a citywide shortage of luster. Mets offensive ranks for the season. Batting average is 21st. Batting average with runners in scoring position is 27th. Slugging is 24th. Runs the game is 27th. Home runs 25th. 
but they're still right there. Personally, I'm rooting for either a three-way tie in the NL East or, even better, a five-way tie for that second wild card, in which case we may not see the actual division series begin until Halloween. So if the Mets are going to be part of all that chaos, a win Tuesday night was pretty much a must, and at least they had the right guy on the mound. Can we get a huzzah for the native Long Islander Marcus Stroman? Despite not throwing a major league pitch, not one of them, during last year's 60-game season, he returned to the Mets stronger, more effective than he's ever been. He's among the league's leaders in a, a number of categories. Starts is a good one to start with. He's number one in that with 31 of them. Tenth in innings pitched. He is eighth in ERA. He is fifth in home run rate. He is sixth in ground ball rate. And look at it this way. So far, we count 175 starting pitchers in Major League Baseball that have spent time on the IL for a total of 9,600 days, according to the website that tracks that. Total cost of all that lost performance is $278 million. The Dodgers have the highest payroll of 270. You, you can staff an entire Dodgers team plus $8 million left over with just guys that aren't pitching right now. So given those numbers, one of the most valuable assets for a starting pitcher now is simply taking the ball every fifth day. And nobody's been more reliable than Marcus Stroman doing that. Mets are still waiting for Noah Syndergaard. They're still waiting on DeGrom to come back. Carrasco has made only nine starts, has a 5.80 RA. So amid the rubble, Stroman is the chimney that has remained standing while the rest of the house burned down. Last time out, he was lined up for his 10th win in Miami. He allowed just the one run in six and a third. He struck out seven without a walk, but the Mets bullpen had other plans. Some people thought he might have been pulled a little early in that one. Stroman has mentioned his family and his personal trainer, Nikki Huffman, as being uh, big reasons that he's been on track for all this this season. But I think you got to give a little bit of something to the, the Mets uh, trainers as well, uh, considering all the criticism they usually get for how these players are handled. Mets have sent 34 players to the IL. Only the Brewers, Rays, and Giants have sent more. By the way, those teams are all going to the playoffs. So uh, Strowman, even more of an outlier here and a very compelling case study. He's only five foot seven, but he's a workout fanatic. He uses all the cutting edge tech to stay in shape. Uh, we've seen his Instagram pictures as he recovers in those hyperbaric chambers and whatnot. And his pitching style is conducive to staying healthy. Uh, he's a guy that relies on deception and that crazy six-pitch arsenal. It's like a menu at Cheesecake Factory. It's almost too many choices. His fastball velocity ranks lower 25th percentile of the league. His chase rate is up around the 85th percentile. Somewhere in all that data or data, the lesson, I think, is very simple. Baseball could use more guys like Marcus Stroman. So, Tuesday night, he was matched against the Cardinals' Peter Woodford. And the Cardinals, I, I got to just do something real quick here. I got to point out who their base coaches are because they sound completely made up. Pop Warner at third and Stubby Clap at first. Seriously, it sounds like we're making a silent movie in the 1920s. Mets take a 2-0 lead against the Cardinals. Give it back. It's 2-2 until Michael Conforto hits the sixth-inning sack fly. Conforto, 16 runs batted in in his last 16 games. More of that, please, you Oregon State Beaver you. Mets are up 3-2 until a two-run homer off Familia by Tyler O'Neill, the son of a Canadian bodybuilder. So at this point, O'Neill had scored two runs. The other two scored by Paul Goldschmidt, who's now hitting close to 290. The St. Louis hitting staff prioritizes exit velo and a hard-hit percentage, and they stress using the whole field. That is Paul Goldschmidt. 
and he's done that for a long time. Goldschmidt has a fascinating backstory. We don't have a lot of time to get into it, but his, his family's from Germany. His great-grandmother was the heiress to a German printing company, but they all fled the Nazis for Boston 100 years ago, a little more than that now. So they said, so long to this printing company fortune, hello, New England, and eventually Delaware, and then Dallas. Goldschmidt's been on the move himself, of course, going from Arizona to St. Louis to rave reviews. Anyway, thanks to Goldschmidt and O'Neill, it was 4-3 bad guys. They go to reliever Luis Garcia, the former Philly, 24 consecutive scoreless innings while the Phillies bullpen burns like a warehouse fire. He's asked to get through the eighth, which he does with no issues. Giovanni Gallegos on for the ninth, the guy that came the other way in the Luke Voigt trade with the Yankees. He starts off with Baez, who had had a very rare two-walk game at this point. His first one of those in two years. No way he's up there taking again, is he? Nah. Gallegos ready, first pitch. Swing and a high fly to left off the bat of Baez. This is headed toward the wall. O'Neill leaves. It's gone. A home run. Javier Baez has tied the game on the first pitch in the bottom of the ninth. Baez brings it back to even. It's 4-4 here in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, the first pitch from Gallegos. Home run number 31 for Baez. His ninth is a Met tie ball game just as the news had come in that the Phillies and Braves and Reds had all lost the paddles applied to the patient by the paramedics just in time so with a new life the Mets need to hold down the Cardinals in the 10th newcomer Heath Hembry has to deal with first and third one out but he gets his first double play ball all year Reds or Mets a comebacker to get the very slow moving Yachty Molina and it's set up for the Mets the Mets to just nudge across that ghost runner and lop a game off the Braves' lead in the NL East. The flamethrower Alex Reyes comes on for the Cardinals. Got that runner at second. Do you bunt with James McCann? One sack bunt for him in the last four years. The answer is no, you don't. He swings, and it may have well have been a bunt. A squibber up the first baseline, started foul, had crazy English on it, spun fair, and there you go. Runner at third. McCann at first, infield in, Jonathan VR just make a little contact, buddy. Well, on 3-0, and he makes contact inadvertently. Clips one foul, and this one stays foul, unlike McCann's. Thank you for that. But 3-1, and he swings over a nasty changeup, and on 3-2, and it is barely inside. Ball four. Mets get a break. It's two on for Lindor. He hits one hard, but right to the gold glover Goldschmidt, who steps on first base like he's trying to pop a plastic bag. Rifles one home, captures Pilar coming in from third, inning over. Wow. So, to the 11th, Jake Reed, just back up, asked to take the baseball. Game on the line, arguably season on the line. And Reed, very good as a Met in limited duty, 1.93 ERA. Bit of a break to start the 11th in that Molina is the ghost runner. May as well have had a sumo wrestler running. But back-to-back singles from Jose Rondon, and Edmund Sosa chase him home. 5-4 St. Louis. New York native Harrison Bader moves the runners to second and third with a slow grounder. Andrew Kinzer, a 184 hitter up next, pinch hitting in the pitcher's spot. Do you walk him? There was that thought, but uh, no. Kinzer socks one up the middle. It is now 7-4. The lefty, Kyung Young Kim, on for what would be just his second ever save for St. Louis. He, remember, was high up in their starting rotation to start the year. Tough part of the order up here. Meat of the order, in fact. Conforto, Alonzo, Baez with Lindor placed at second. We have seen multiple run rallies by this ball club fairly recently. Those five in the ninth on the Baez mad dash against Miami springing easily to mind. But 
Conforto lifts one to left. O'Neill's the gold glover out there, so he's not going to drop it. One out for the polar bear who lifts one to right, but you've got Rondon out there, an infielder by trade. He pulls a Nelson Cruz circa 2011 World Series. He was playing too shallow, drifted on the fly ball, misplays it into a double. It's 7-5, and Baez coming up, and he's 4-for-7 lifetime against Kim. He gets ahead 3-0. and Can he really walk three times in a night? Well, it only happened one time ever in his big league career. But yes, they put him on intentionally once it got to 3-0. and He's aboard as a tying man. Jeff McNeil up as the winning man. No home runs against a lefty all year. That would have been cool. But instead, a fielder's choice to at least keep the game hot. Leaves it to Kevin Pillar, who's got that knack for a late inning of heroics. The three-run homer in Cincy in extra innings. Three-run homer in San Francisco in extra innings. Eight of his 42 runs batted in this year in extra innings. Well, no RBI here, but a roller between the mound and third scooped up by Kim, who throws it wide to first. Pilar is safe. Run scores. It's 7-6 at the 4-hour, 33-minute mark. You now have two choices for a pinch hitter if you're Luis Rojas in the pitcher's spot. Luis Guillorme or Albert Almora Jr. Almora is summoned. Almora gets down 0-2. To his credit, takes it to 3-2 but he grounds out meekly to second. It is another one-run loss. The Mets are 1-9 in their last 10 such coin flips. (sighs) After the game, we heard first from Marcus Stroman. Let's do that first, then we'll hear from Luis Rojas. Um, What is your, as a group, would you describe as the overall level of frustration with with where things are right now? Yeah, pretty frustrating. Um, Obviously, we work extremely hard, and our goal is to make playoffs and go deeper. So, um, yeah, definitely not happy at all. Because I guess just just to follow up on that first answer, you know, you say you don't think that that had anything to do with the outcome. Obviously, you were pitching well again. You know, you've had such a good season. Why do you think not pulling you after six uh, wouldn't have an impact on on the outcome of the game? Just saying, you never know how the game is going to play out at all. You can't say, oh, oh, if we would have stayed in, we would have won the game. Lupe came in and was dominant. Fama's been dominant all year. It just didn't play out in our favor. Um, you can't nitpick like that. It's impossible to, to – I could have went out there in the seven and gave up three homers. You know what I mean? So I, I, I truly don't believe in that, that you can nitpick in that scenario at all. And also, I've, I've thrown a lot this year. I know nobody talks about it between you guys, but – I didn't throw at all last year. I had zero innings pitch, and now I've made the most starts in the big leagues. So I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it's Louie, and maybe it's the coaches looking out for my best interest. Well, for the record, I, I did give some credit to Marcus Stroman for coming back from these zero pitches from last year. And, I, you know, I think people have talked about that in fairness. But I know it's frustrating right now. Mark has admitted things are frustrating. How about the manager? What you thinking? Hey, Luis, you know, just to start, um, if Williams was available, why'd you guys decide to go to Reed over him there? Uh, but Jake, Jake Reed is the reliever. Uh, Trevor is the starter slash long reliever. I don't think he's thrown back-to-back ever uh, or recently. So, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing it there with him, and Reeder is a guy that was very effective with us. Didn't give up a run until tonight, an end run until tonight with us. And, uh, uh, and from where he throws, his slot is pretty effective against right. It's not the case tonight. But that, that's where the decision came from. When it comes to the decision to take Stroman after six, um, what, what went into that? 
Well, yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't come back out. I mean, as you guys know, he's, he's pitched the whole year and uh, didn't miss a start. So he was uh, at that time. Yeah, that was it. He was he uh, was done. Uh, uh, so that's when that's when we went for we looped in the next inning. I guess, uh, Luis. So when it comes to Stroman, um, you know, obviously you say that that he couldn't go any further. With with the situation that you guys are in, though, and how many. Um, you know, games are left, not specifically with Stroman, but I know you guys have have done so much to keep these guys healthy and on the field all year, whether it's, you know, pushing Loop a second inning or Diaz a second inning. Um, why, I guess, do those decisions not not change at this point in, in the season? Well, well, because the player, and you know, they, they respond on according to their usage, right, uh, and how much they've been used this season. And Strumman tonight, you know, he was he was fatigued for all the innings that he's used. And Lupe's a guy that's uh, be, been needing extra days at times to come back, so you know, two innings is a push as well. And the same thing happened with Heath Henry through seven seven pitches only. We would have loved to send him back to if the, we didn't win the game at that point, and it was back to back. But at this point of the season, I know what you're saying. We'd love for everyone to leave their arm out there. Uh, that would be for me ideal. But sometimes it's just not real. So that was all after the game. And we always give you something from those Zoom calls after. But before the game, I do want to mention Michael Conforto had invited five patients and their families from Cohen Children's Medical Center to the ballpark for the game as part of his charity, Conforto Cares. Uh, Very cool. He spent a lot of time with those families. Javi Baez met with several other pediatric cancer patients on the field. They've been flown in from Puerto Rico. We forget sometimes these are good dudes these New York Metropolitans, even if they do tend to smash your heart into a thousand tiny little pieces. Let's walk you through the box score. VR, one for three, couple of walks, and now hitting 261. Lindor, one for four with a walk. He's hitting 229. Conforto, one for two, couple runs batted in. He's at 228. Pete Alonso had been 0 for 20 until that gift double in the 11th. He ended up with a one for five. He's now in the 250s, but with those 32 home runs as well. Hit into a couple double plays in this game, too. The key for Alonso until recently, he was really getting around on pitches on the on the inner half. First half OPS on inner half pitches was about 850. Second half, until recently, it was up over 1,000. But now there's been a little backslide. Baez, we mentioned, had a, a two for two, the three walks, which is crazy. And the big ninth inning home run that kept the band playing on for a while. McNeil, oh, you feel for him. Another hitless night. He's now down to 243. Pilar is now at 220. Tomas Nito got in the game as a starter, and uh, he took an over. The loss pushing the Mets to two games under 500. They're 72 and 74. Tonight, the finale of the three-game series, and the Mets need this one in a very bad, if not very obvious way. It'll be the veteran lefty John Lester for the Cardinals against the young righty Tyler McGill for the Mets, both guys with ERAs in the fours. McGill had that dynamite 10 strikeout game last time out against the Yankees. Thursday, the Mets are off, but Friday, don't forget, when the Phillies come in, not only is it a huge three-game series beginning, but it's Pete Alonso black jersey t-shirt night, free to the first 20,000. Mets.com slash tickets to make sure you are getting in the building. Oh, man, great googly moogly, or if you prefer sweet sassy molassy. A chance to win it in the 10th. Instead, they lose it in the 11th. And again, by one stinking run. 
And yet the Mets are simply part of a pile of losing teams, theoretically in contention. Still in contention after all of this. Okay, I hear music. The Mets in the Morning House Band must be introduced at this point. On keyboards, Buzz Capra. Slapping to bass, catcher Ron Reynolds. The horn section, it's Rick Aguilera. And on drums, a big shout out to our good friend Jerry Blevins. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for hanging in there and for downloading and subscribing and telling your friends and leaving us a nice review. All that jazz. Talk to you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.